I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is best-selling author Bruce Feiler, and he's offering some pioneering advice on how to navigate these uncertain times. This is very timely. I'm very excited to have him on. We're going to talk about the book, Life is in the Transitions. Welcome, Bruce. Thank you very much. Nice to have you. Yes, I have to say, I've been working on this book for five years, it's about life quakes, these massive changes in our lives. And then lo and behold, it arrives at a moment when the entire planet is going through a life quake at the same time. Um, and also while you were writing the book, did you find you were going through quakes after quake? I mean. Well, that's really what, you know, as you know, really what launched me into this is I just got walloped by life. A few years ago, I got cancer. I almost went bankrupt. Um, my dad who has Parkinson's, tried to take his own life actually six times in 12 mm. weeks. And there was really no place to turn for what, what do you do when life is kind of coming at you from all directions? Right. And so I thought, well, there must be some wisdom out there. And so I set out on this journey, crisscrossing the country, collecting what became hundreds of life stories from Americans in all 50 states, people who lost limbs, lost homes, got sober, got out of bad marriages. I talked to a two-time cancer survivor who climbed Mount Everest. I talked to veterans who lost limbs in, uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I ended up with 6,000 pages of transcripts. It was like, like reached the shoulders of my adolescent daughters. It's PhD data. Yeah, and then I sort of spent a year speaking to PhD with like a team of 12 people, like combing through these, yeah. looking for patterns and takeaways that could help all of us in times of change. Do you have a PhD? Was this part of I do not of have a PhD. I now have a PhD. I became what I call a life historian. Um, it's amazing. So, I mean, I've been a you know, professional writer. This is my 15th book and I've written six bestsellers, et cetera. So this was a new methodology for me because it was, on the one hand, I did the oldest thing imaginable. I went and talked to people, but then I used this kind of newfangled data analytics and I got computer scientists and we kind of built this whole database of the kinds of things people do uh, in times of change. Because it reminded me of the approaches in qualitative research. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. There's, I, I think of it as like, there's a kind of studs turkle element to it, like an old fashioned thing. Mm -hmm. and then there is this new data analytics thing, right? So there is, right. you know, in, in, in kind of pointy headed terms, we took quantitative story, you know, qualitative stories and turned yes. them into quantitative data. Um, and so that's exactly right. It was, it was the process of taking stories and turning them into numbers, right? You know, analyzing the phases of transitions, like what emotions people struggle with, what advice from friends is most valuable, how many of these do we have in our lives? I now have data on all of that. And I'm sure different things popped up you never expected. Well, I would think the biggest thing that popped up that I didn't expect is that I thought when I went into this that how you handled a personal transition versus a work one versus changing religions versus a sexual identity issue, I thought that each of these would have a different roadmap, if you will, and a different toolkit. And it turned out that it was the same. You know, that, that, and, and that really is relevant to the moment we're in now. Like we're all going through what I call a collective involuntary life quake, right? So the life quake, it may be voluntary, like you may choose to start a new venture, you may choose to move, you may choose mm -hmm. to get into or get out of a relationship, or the life quake may be involuntary. You may lose your job, you may get a diagnosis, you know, you may be trapped in a tornado. But whether the life quake is voluntary or involuntary, the transition that grows out of it must be voluntary. Like you have yes. to choose to take the steps, you know, that lead you 
through difficult times, but also into periods of growth um, and renewal. So kind of where we are now is we're all going through this involuntary collective life quake, as I call it. It was the kind of the smallest category that I did. In fact, there's a throwaway line in my book, you may remember, that, that had I done these conversations in the 20th century, when we had two world wars and depression, you know, that we were more used to this kind of experience. So where we are now is we're all going through this collective involuntary life quake, but the transition that's gonna come out of it is gonna be unique to each of us. Definitely. Like you may be happy in your relationship, but you wanna move because you wanna change, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I may be unhappy in my relationship, but I need a new job or I wanna do something that's more involved in giving back because I'm tired of just making money, say. So that, we're both doing this together and yet each of us is going through it individually at the same time. Definitely. Through all of the struggles you went through, cancer, your dad, how did you stay so resilient? Was it that you were focusing on something else which helped you focus less on your life? I didn't necessarily go, I didn't necessarily feel resilient at the time. I think a lot of it I felt you know, I got a I got an email um, from a reader of Life Is in the Transitions at three thirty six a.m. this morning, well, saying that I'm I'm almost like I can put my hands on it while we're talking. Say that she felt lost and lost and lost going through uh, this transition. Um, I'm not going to be able to find it quickly, so I'll move on. Okay. But she felt lost and lost and lost. Here it is. She said. Um, uh, I kept feeling like I was making my way out and only to get plunged back in. Loss after loss after loss. I have felt so alone and so ashamed. Mm-hmm. And that particular feeling of loneliness is what I felt. Like I would look out the window. I was a 43-year-old dad on crutches for two years with a hyper-rare adult-onset pediatric cancer. And I'd look out the window and I'd think, you, don't, you know how to walk. You, know, you don't have this going through. Um, and I felt incredibly alone. Yeah. So a question that I asked everybody in my conversations was, tell me what was the biggest emotion that you struggled with in your time of change? And the most common answer, fear, like fear of the unknown. Sure. Am I going to be okay? Can I pay the bills? Number two, sadness. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the old life. I like my old job, or I like that loved one before that they, they died, or I like having my legs before I lost them in a, in a skiing accident. But the number three was what this, right, this reader said to me this morning was shame. And I was a little surprised by that. People feel shame that they're going through change or maybe they have a child who has an addiction mm-hmm. or they lost their job and people flee them in the supermarket because they don't know what to say. You know, and so I asked people like, so how did you deal with these emotions? Some people wrote them down. Like some people do kind of what I would do, which would be buckle down and like go to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but 80%, eight zero said that they turned to trans, I mean, rituals of some kind. Yeah. They had a ceremony, like they had a goodbye party, they got a tattoo, they jumped out of a plane. I talked to a woman in Southern California who, who um, had a difficult year. She was a bone marrow transplant to her brother. She had a blowout mm. and a falling out with her mother. She went on 52 first dates and she jumped out of a plane. She said, you know what, I'm, I'm afraid of heights. If I can do this, then I can acknowledge that this pa- period is past. Yes. A year later, she was literally married with a child. So people use rituals to sort of say to themselves and the people around them, I've gone through a difficult period and I'm ready for what comes next. Yes. It's so important. Your book is so timely. How does this feel right now? Well, you know, it's sitting in the top 20 of Amazon and I feel like obviously grateful that it's reaching people, but more, I feel it's, it's almost like saying something to the world. 
like we were told in the 20th century, certainly when I was growing up, that medicine, technology, our phones, like we can five minutes of meditate our way through anything. Like this is the first new book on life transitions in 40 years. Like this is a kind of a is bit of really? a fuddy-duddy idea that I'm um, you know, kind of trying to revive. And I've had this crazy idea that, that, that the linear life is dead, right? The idea that we're going to have one job. I don't know anything about you, but I, but I can just tell about you that the idea that we're going to have one job, one relationship, one spirituality, kind of one identity from adolescence to assisted living, you haven't lived that life. I can just tell by the, by the tone of your voice, to be honest, um, right. and just by looking at you, like we've that idea is dead. It's been replaced by what I call the nonlinear life. And that involves many more life transitions. Okay, so wait, this- I have to interrupt you. So what, tell me why you would say that about me. I mean, you're right. Because you're, because you're empathic and, and, and you know, the way you're talking to me, you're, you're communicating to me a feeling like of shared suffering. I have no idea. But yeah. although, by the way, I sat from 225 people for a thousand hours. And let's just say I was doing your life story right now, okay? Sure. And I had been told about you that you had a big career change, right? Like for someone, I, I talked to a freelance journalist who became a mortician. I talked to a perfumer who became a pest control person. But let's just say I had been told about you, that you were a, a bond trader who became a, um, a, 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 a um, hypnotist. I talked to an internet ad executive who's now the country's leading medical hypnotist. I'm not making this up. And I would go into you and I would start and I'd say, tell me the story of your life in 15 minutes. And sure enough, and I'd be waiting for the moment that you quit being a perfumer and became a, you know, rat control expert. And it, it never came because it turns out you had two marriages and your mother tried to kill herself and your parents got divorced when you were five. And, you know, your first spouse was an alcoholic. And in nine times out of 10, like the most interesting transition was not one that I expected. Sure. So it's partly just listening to the empathy in your voice. Mm-hmm. And it's also partly because I'm a bit projecting and I know that everybody has, has life transitions. Yeah. But this is a word that was out of favor, right? And so I'm like, I think this is important. So yeah. what do you say I write a book on something nobody thinks that they need? Like, this is insane. <laughs> and then lo and behold, the book comes out and we're all in transition and it landing and turns out people. And people are scared by transition, but transition can be a great thing. Look, they have these phases. You say goodbye to the old you and that's painful. Mm-hmm. So what's, in- what's interesting about it is these three phases, the long goodbye, the messy middle and the new you, these are my names for them. It turns out that we're actually good at one of the phases or we're bad um, at one. I met someone recently um, and she was saying, oh yeah, I love transitions. Like I love making lists and doing things. And I said, I bet you're bad at saying goodbye. She's like, how do you, she's like, how do you know? She's like, I'm a people pleaser. I'm like, yeah, you're a people pleaser. You don't want to disappoint anybody. You stick around a job or a relationship or something that's toxic for far too long. Because it turns out if you're good at, I talked to someone who, um, who lost her mother at 19. She's had three marriages and twice that many jobs because she said, I'm good at saying goodbye. I underattach to things. So it turns out we're all good at a phase and bad. And one of the things I try to do in the book, you know, is to try to give you a way to figure out what you're good at. Let's start at what you're good at. If you're good at the messy metal, let's go there. If you're good at saying goodbye, let's start there because there is going to be a part of this that's going to be difficult for you. And then we'll help you get through that. So walk me through the structure of the book. What, what would you like to share with the listeners? So the first half of it is really 
meeting some incredible people and exploring the idea that the linear life is dead. We live non-linear lives. They involve these life quakes and these life transitions have certain phases, right? The, the long goodbye, the messy middle, the new beginning. The second half of the book is a roadmap for how to go through it so that whatever you're going through, I mean, here was a big change that I went through. I thought at the beginning that whatever you're dealing with, whether it's medical or work or sexual identity change would be the same. It turns out that the tool, I mean, it would be different. I was flat wrong. It turns out that the tools are similar. So I give you tools for, you're the long goodbye. Like you have to identify your emotion, like, and then you have to say, you have to use rituals to mark it. In the messy middle, we haven't talked about that. There's kind of two parts of this. There's shedding a habit. Like what's a habit that you don't like? Okay, I talked to a woman who went through cancer, um, uh, left her job and said, you know what? I've been in a loveless marriage too long. I want more, left her marriage. She said that she had to shed the habit of every time she came home from work, opening the fridge and looking for something to eat. Like that was the way that she dealt with her emotion. Mm -hmm. So she finally stopped yo-yo dieting and lost 60 pounds. So we shed a habit about ourselves. And then this leads to one of the exciting parts, people turn to astonishing acts of creativity. They sing, dance, garden. What happened when the pandemic hit? Like people started to bake, Baking. right? You know, like, <laughs> wasn't that you know, it's like, it's I like, know, where's the flour? Where's the yeast? Nothing. Sourdough got us through the pandemic because you didn't need yeast, right? You just needed okay. someone else's starter. So like, what, what is that? That's getting your hands messy. I talked to a retired um, uh, college chemistry professor in Alabama who left, again, one of these bad marriages. And she said, I always wanted to do ballet. And so she started adult ballet in her 60s. Great. So, you know, it's incredible. People turn, they write, they journal. You know, they, what, I talked to a woman who got depressed, um, uh, changed her political, she went from conservative to liberal. She actually was working at Fox News, left Fox News, and she said it went through a depression. She learned to play ukulele. That got, that got she said it was simple. You couldn't make a mistake. Right. And that got her through her depression. So we turn to creativity, which helps make our lives anew. Definitely. Yeah. Finding that flow I talk about on my show a lot, like finding that thing you can submerse yourself into that's a challenging, but not too challenging. And it might have been, I, I talk about this, the, the Twyla Tharp. I don't know if you know her book on creativity, which I love. Mm -hmm. And she says, when you get stuck often go back through, she goes back through old letters or old music or old books. So pick something you wanted to do in the past and then maybe go there. Like maybe you wanted to sew, right? Or maybe you wanted to garden and you just never got around to it. Mm -hmm. Well, in your life transition, odds are you're gonna have time. <laughs> so pick that thing that you never had time to do, write a, you know, write a novel, start to journal. And so yes. that, there's your flow, right? A lot right. of times flow comes in creativity when you're able to lose yourself and you think, I can't get off my bed, I'm in a fetal position. And wait a minute, I've been now gardening for 45 minutes and I mm -hmm. haven't thought about that loss. That's right. a very powerful part of just like the world, you know, just like at the beginning of the old stories, they all have creation stories. This is a creation story of your new yes. self. And when you think back to things you used to love to do when you were younger, but then life took over and you got this really difficult, challenging job, you didn't have any free time. And now we have more time to pick up that ukulele or write or whatever. And there's something, you know, look, I mean, we, we, we we're talking about, all of the scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures where you go into the desert, the Hindi scriptures where you go into the forest, 
Odysseus goes into the unknown, Hercules goes into the unknown, you know, Orpheus, like all of those stories involve going through the wilderness in some capacity. You can't do it without pain, but somehow the act of creativity can help make this new self. Because fundamentally, you know, what is this process at its core? It's really a narrative process. Like that life is the story, that story in your head about where you came from and where you're going, right. that is part of you. Like that story is you in a fundamental way. And what going through a transition means is adding a new chapter to your life story that you went through a bump in the road or a wolf popped up in your fairy tale and you were able to get through it and you add a new chapter and you just want to make sure that that chapter has an affirmative ending that you're moving forward and heading into some new phase. Definitely. So we have to wrap up, but where can people find out more about you? So I'm Bruce Feiler. It's uh, B-R-U-C-E-F-E-I-L-E-R.com. I'm certainly in all of the, you know, social medias out there, Instagram, whatever, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. The book is Life is in the Transitions. It's available everywhere. As I said, it's, it's really touching a nerve. And, you know, just as on our way out here, I'll say, if there's one thing I learned, it's that transitions work. 90% of the people I talked to said they got through it. So whatever you're dealing with right now, you come on this journey with me, you're going to meet people, you're going to find practical things you can do tonight, tomorrow, next week, so that whatever you're struggling with, whatever transition you're in, you're going to be able to do it better and a lot more effectively. Like we Definitely. can get through this together. Fantastic. Bruce, thank you so much. This has been great. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.